are listening to the Willpower Podcast. Welcome to the show. I am Will Holdren, and I talk with some of the most influential CEOs, entrepreneurial leaders, and thought leaders to try and reveal the secrets that has led to their success. I believe that with the right knowledge and mindset, you can do anything you set your mind to. So if you want to learn how to change your life for the better, if you want to learn how millionaires actually became wealthy, or if you want to develop and start your own business from the ground up with the right knowledge to help you, then you are in the right place because this is the Willpower Podcast. Hey. No way that we go is a one-way street. Nothing that we love is a one-day key. And if we gon' do it, we gon' do this now. And if we say we gonna, we gon' hold this down. How's it going, everyone? My name is Will Holdren, and I am the host of the Willpower Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. His name is George Pottenkulam, and George is actually a buyer lead agent for the Welch team, and the Welch team is actually the number one team in the Jacksonville area. So it's an absolute honor to have him on here today. So, George, thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. My pleasure. I'm actually really looking forward to this. And so to start off, I kind of want to go into your childhood a little bit, so we can kind of talk about your childhood and how it kind of helped get you to where you are today? Absolutely. Well, uh, so I actually grew up uh, a little differently. So I was born originally in India. Uh, I moved, my dad moved us to Dubai when I was two years old. So back in, you know, 81, I think is when I moved there. Dubai was still like a pretty small town in comparison to what you hear about it now. Uh, It really started getting hot back in late 90s, early 2000s. And I already moved at that point. Uh, so I, I, I grew up there uh, from you know two years to 17 when I graduated high school. Uh, so it was, a, it was a great, great little area. Uh, I grew up around uh, really entrepreneurs. My, my dad uh, started up a shipping business, uh, kind of, you know, he, he grew up as part of a, you know, farming uh, family. And that's really everybody in his family kind of did that. They went into the family business of some sort of farming whether it's a rubber plantation, farm, uh, cows, tree, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, but he wanted to try and do something different. So he got into the shipping business and, uh, you know, moved to the, uh, the UAE at the time when it was like the hottest area to be in. So with him starting out his, his own business, that was kind of my uh, first kind of, you know, experience into it. Uh, a lot of our family members also started doing the same thing, you know, wanted to be entrepreneurs and moved out to uh, all over the world from there. Dubai was kind of like the easy spot, but I, I know family members that moved out to uh, the UK, uh, Africa, obviously a few to the US. The US was still fairly new at the time. And uh, when I graduated high school, I you know, wanted to do the same thing. I actually took a year off after high school and just worked both for my dad, for my uncle, doing a few different things. Uh, whether it be, uh, he was actually selling satellite dishes. So I did that for a little while, did phone books for a little while, worked under my dad in the shipping business, uh, mostly just a runner while he did things. But that kind of just got me into the whole, like, okay, I want to own my own business at some point. And of course, you know, I had to go the steps of going through college and uh, figuring out what I want to do. And uh, it was always business of some sort. So I uh, moved to the States in 1997 to uh, you know, kind of go to college. It was down in Daytona Beach for a little bit and then uh, transferred up to Jacksonville in 2000. That's where I've been the last you know, 22 years. Graduated uh, from uh, University of North Florida uh, here locally, got my business management degree and then immediately went into kind of uh, trying to run my own business, which was working for Hertz Rent-A-Car 
which is a phenomenal program because they teach you how to essentially run an entire branch uh, with profit and loss, managing employees, managing uh, inventory of fleet, uh, everything that every aspect of that job. So you kind of have to learn all the little things that go into making your business successful and profitable because that's how I was bonused. And from there, I went to real estate in, you know, started in 2006, flamed out a little bit because that was, you know, when everybody was getting into real estate. And then I took a step back uh, and then joined back in in 2011 uh, with Christina, who who's our team lead. She started the Welch team in 2011. She had been in real estate for several years before that and um, kind of showed me the ways of how to run my own business. And that's kind of what I want to do. And that's what we've been doing for the past 10 years. Uh, slowly creating a little bit of a legacy, not just for uh, myself, or our team, but, you know, for the future, for my family, eventually when, when they may want to take over or do something from there. Right. Well, that is definitely a very interesting come up. And I love how your parents were all kind of entrepreneurial and kind of led, led you down that path that year after high school, because they took a, a gap year kind of, and kind of learned mm-hmm. about the entrepreneurial trade and what that's all about, what it takes to run your own business. So that's super, super cool to see. And then he came over to the States to go to college and so I'm kind of curious, like, what was that transition like for you? Like, was it hard coming over to the States and then coming right into a U.S. college? Like, what was that like for you? It was interesting. So there was definitely uh, a little bit of a culture shock. Uh, the good thing is with where I was in Daytona, it was pretty much a very uh, diverse uh, college to where you had. I, I did meet a lot of people from outside of the country as well. But uh, I had I randomly ran into a couple people uh prior to moving there that also were going, was going to the same college and that was from India and from, and from the UAE. So we, we were able to build a little bit of our support system up front uh, just to have some of the same cultural backgrounds uh, to begin with. But yes, that was uh, a lot of challenges with, you know, being so far away from where, where any sort of uh, uh, any familiarity I had. I mean, I, my closest relative was my sister was in North Carolina, you know, seven or eight hours away, but, probably not knowing anything about having to, you know, just do the basics of, you know, when anybody goes to college, I figure out how to do laundry, figure out how to, you know, buy groceries and things like that. Uh, But it was, it was, there was a lot of challenges with like, just not, you know, people not knowing about, you know, where I grew up and even knowing Dubai at the time, but thinking, okay, I'm Indian. I remember I had one of my first conversations with somebody was like, Oh, Hey, how did you, so you, did you go to high school on an elephant? And I, I remember getting like, a, I, I was yeah, 17 year old, 18 year old kid. And I was going to make some smart comment back and I immediately got a smack. It's like, no, okay. You know, I gotta, I gotta have a pretty, a lot of people didn't understand or know, you know what, how different cultures are. And that was just, that was, I think was my biggest shock. Uh, just trying to figure out and be both respectful, but you know, help educate some other people around too. Right. Yeah, that could definitely be difficult. And I'm in college right now. And I tell you, like, I get homesick like every now and then. So I can't imagine what mm-hmm. it's like you like from Dubai to the U.S. Like that's kind of it's like a whole nother level, you know. So. Oh yes, and it was also early on. So like in that, you know, '97, '98, uh, you know, the internet was just about kind of started, uh, you know, getting hot at the time. So video chats and all of that wasn't. Uh, emails were just about getting more prevalent at the time, but. You know, so I was still getting letters from my mom and dad and I was writing back home. So you're talking about weeks worth of, uh, you know, air travel and distance. So getting an email every once in a while was actually pretty, pretty cool. Once we started that, I think that was really like in 2000, I think when email was become mainstream. 
Right. Yeah, I'm sure the experience definitely helped you grow up a little bit too, just because like I learned how to do laundry, all the other kind of stuff that mm -hmm. you didn't have to do in your childhood growing up. Um, and then you so you said after college you kind of worked for the Hertz Rent a Car, starting your own business there. Um, right. So how did that go for you? And like how long were you doing that before you switched before you switched out of that? Uh, so I did that for about uh, five years. So it started in 2004. So I graduated in 2003. Uh, I think I uh, got. I had applied for the position ahead of time. Uh, they didn't have an opening until I want to say March of 2004. And that's when I started. And it was, you know, I don't, I had been working call center jobs prior to that. Uh, so I, I had some level of experience working customer service, but then running, you know, you start out as a, as a management trainee and, uh, you know, my manager at the time was really good at, you know, she she too was fairly young getting into the position, and so she helped me learn a few things about having to ha having to manage the business, and slowly gave me a few responsibilities here and there on in the branch itself to run the operations piece. So uh, I I got uh, pretty much set into it very early on. I think in in about six months I was the assistant manager, and uh, in about nine months I became the branch manager for that for that location, and just kind of kept kept moving up the chain and adding in uh, different responsibilities. Uh, I, you know, when I was, before I left about the last year in, I was the acting area manager. So I ran all of the Jacksonville locations and St. Augustine and Fernandina, Orange Park, all of that. So it was, it was a lot of fun. And I, I got to manage the entire fleet uh, for a year. So we had about, you know, give or take about eight, eight to 10,000 cars uh, wow. that would run in and out. Uh, so I got to manage that aspect of it, which was, which was really fun. Uh, in the, the key to that was, you know, making sure cars didn't sit in one location or another and they were just getting shuffled around all over. And of course, managing overtime because, you know, that's really how our, our bonuses and our profits work. So that was, that was key maintaining uh, wage wages for not just the drivers, but our bar branches as well. Right. Well, it seems like you're doing really well there. So like, why did you decide to end up leaving after those five years? Uh, well, I, I kind of hit that glass ceiling, uh, even though I was that acting manager at the time because we didn't have one when uh, the previous manager didn't exactly, you know, do great in the area. And because they promoted from within, our senior management uh, for the region decided, hey, maybe we should just go hire from outside. And so after doing it for that long, I kind of, everybody kind of looked at me and responsibilities So me and that manager who took basically took the job him and I butted heads a little bit. So uh, at some point I realized, okay, that, you know, I would either have to leave the city and look at opportunities elsewhere or look at it, you know, completely change in profession. And that's really what I did was uh, I kind of shifted over into the real estate world. At that point, I had my license in 2006 and I left in 2008. Uh, so when I finally left, I just decided, okay, well, it's, you know, it's, it's time to start looking at other opportunities. And uh, so I started out with working with the foreclosure management team, just, uh, you know, at the time, 2008 through 10 market was at the very bottom for real estate. So that was my first experience of really jumping into the real estate world. And uh, so yeah, same thing. I was working for a company that, uh, essentially it was a technology company that uh, managed several banks foreclosure files. So whether it be Bank of America, Wells Fargo, some of those big banks and some of the smaller ones, I helped manage their foreclosure files throughout the state, throughout several states, actually Texas, California, New York, uh, Florida. 
those are like my larger states that we did. So I did that for a couple of years and then eventually make the transition into general real estate uh, to uh, in the sales side. And of course, knowing that's where the, the good money was, that's kind of where I wanted to make that, that switch. 100%. And so I'm kind of curious because after the Hertz rent a car thing, you said you went into real estate right away. And obviously like, that's a big like career change. So like, what made you decide on real estate in the first place instead of doing like some other kind of industry? Like, Why did you settle on real estate? To begin with? Well, it, it was uh, a combination of it. Well, Christina Welch, who's our team leader for, for the group, uh, the team that I'm on, she and I uh, both worked at Hertz rent a car together. And, uh, you know, we Pretty much had a pretty good relationship uh, for for quite a while. Our families were pretty much intertwined with. Uh, we always hung out on the weekends and things like that. So we she had brought up the whole real estate uh, profession in the beginning, and that's how we both got our licenses at 2006. And she immediately went headfirst into it. I kind of took a more for backseat approach to it, trying to just get a few business deals here and there, which. With anybody will tell you if you if you got one foot in, one foot out the door, or one foot at somebody else's door, you're always not going to do 100% on either side, and um, and that's so she you know flourished through that aspect of it, and I kind of just didn't do very much. I mean, I think I did one deal in two years uh, because again I was focused on other careers at the same time, but the real estate aspect of it seeing how well she did and she now of course obviously kept in touch constantly through to see her successes and she see what she was doing uh in those five years between 2006 and 2011 and she had always pushed me and said hey you know at some point you know you want you need to get into real estate you need to get into real estate and um when i left uh, hertz i had gotten that opportunity with uh what was with at the time was fidelity uh, to to run to be a part of their foreclosure division and same thing, I had a friend, one of our past co-workers who was at Hertz running car, had already started there probably a year or two before that and had said, hey, this is, you know, this is where the industry is kind of switching towards. And, you know, if you want to get into real estate, this is probably your best opportunity to kind of jump in, have a steady salary job to begin with. Uh, so you weren't focusing on the commissions and you weren't, uh, you know, not going to have any income for a little while. So that that really kind of got me started in in that aspect of it. So a little bit of interest in for real estate itself, but at the same time, I think with having some connections in the industry already that helped me or nudged me in that direction is really what uh, got me going into real estate. Yeah, I love it. And like for as long as I've been doing this podcast, there's always like something where like someone gets like one connection that can lead into an opportunity, just like you. So you met this Welsh person, like during your, your Hertz rent a car thing. And then it turns out you guys both went in real estate. Now you guys are both on the same team, like doing extremely well. And that just shows you like how you just got to kind of like take chances and take like chances in life and just kind of go after things. Absolutely. You never know what's going to happen in the long run. Like you said, a connection can turn into a job, you know, and that's exactly what happens. So I think that's well, super And you're hundred percent right. I mean, Christina uh, did so much in her career and continues to do that now. I mean, she's been doing this now you know, 16 years in the real estate world, and she's done a phenomenal job in converting, you know, I was her first agent that she hired on uh, in 2011. Uh, it was myself, and she hired our current lead listing agent, who's Kelly DeLuce, who is, at the time, was just kind of an executive assistant, marketing uh, manager, kind of office manager, HR. She did a little bit of everything. And we've gone from there, the three of us uh, on this team, to now we're at 26 people. 
that's a big push to what Christina's done uh, in the real estate world and how she's had that goal of, okay, I don't want to be just me, myself, and I working to try and create a little bit of a business, but she wants to create a industry leading team to where why we're now at that position of being the number one team here in this area. Yeah. And 100%, you guys are definitely on that path as well. And um, another great point you brought up before is that when you were first starting real estate, you kind of had one leg in, one leg out. And that's such an important topic. I think a lot of people really miss out on. Mm-hmm. That's like, what's like yeah, when you go like 50% into something, it's not going to work out. Like you got to oh, yeah. go 100% in if you want to see real results with it. I think people struggle completely leaving like a full-time job, switching into something new, and then actually like committing to that. And I think that's such an important thing to bring up because like you said, so many people struggle with that. And so oh, like- absolutely. So in your opinion, like how can people kind of learn to just commit to this new, scary, exciting opportunity instead of just being 50-50 with their past job and kind of leaning into something new? Absolutely. No. And and I think that's, uh, in fact, I'm, I, I think I get brought up more and more often uh, with anybody that's like deciding that or having a part-time job or having a full-time job and doing this part, doing the real estate thing part-time to really, you know, sit down and talk to them because I, I'm a prime example of why I I did not succeed in the real estate world at first. And I wasn't probably giving 100% to my other job right there because my head head was in two different modes. And anytime you're doing that, you're, you're, you're kind of taking that, you're not giving 100% effort to either side of it. But at the same time, you're never going to be 100% successful at what you want to do. The, the risk is there 100%. You know, you're going in without an opportunity to get an income, which is why doesn't work for everybody uh, if you don't have some sort of savings or uh, some sort of a, a backing to help you go through that initial first couple months of not having any income. But at the same time, that's also your motivation to take every phone call, to talk to every customer, to have every opportunity to talk about real estate and talk about who, what you do and how you can help them. That really is what drives people to going from making you know, the basics of 30, 40,000 for the year to then making 250,000 for that year because of the fact that you're hungry, you're motivated. You know, if you don't, whether it's a desperate situation or not, but if you don't answer that phone, you know, you may not have a paycheck in a month from now or you may not have any income coming in. So that is such a driving factor to, to this position that if you don't have that self-motivation and that, desire to be better than just someone who answers the phone then you're you're going to fail and you know maybe you are uh in a position that maybe you should just be in the corporate world and have a standard paycheck but if you if you want to be more than just just one individual then that's that's where real estate really gives you so much power and that's to say like any any type of sales job any type of any type of position that you do you got to give it your all otherwise you'll never ever ever know what kind of potential you truly have percent and that's a great reason why she's jumping through the just like you're talking about because mm-hmm. you don't jump in you're not gonna really gonna feel that pressure like okay i gotta call 50 people a day or something like that but when you do jump in with two feet you're dependent 100 on that new job and you got to do that like you're your backs against the one you got to make these calls happen you got to make these sales happen so yes. that's kind of that importance just like you're talking about great that was huge yeah and so when you jumped back in the real estate in 2011 were you doing that full-time then uh, so I started out uh, part-time for a little bit just because I uh, I was transitioning out of my old job. Uh, they had already said, hey, this is I'm going into real estate 100%. Uh, but I had to, between uh, 
leaving my current position, I needed to kind of give them a little bit of notice and I was kind of seeing a couple different departments. So I took a little bit longer in that transition out, but yes, as soon as I made, and you know, I, I could, I think I did a two or three transactions in the first year, but as soon as I was hundred percent into real estate, then that's when it really took off. And I think I did another you know, 10 transactions in, in probably the same amount of time frame. And now I'm consistently you know, doing hundred percent. I'm doing 40 to 50 transactions a year. Wow. Yeah, that's super cool. So you can see right there the change in the sales per year once you go down oh, yeah. 100%. Um, so when you were going 100%, like as a sales, a real estate agent, what was your daily schedule kind of looking like? So I know a lot of people enter the real estate industry think it's going to be easy and they obviously struggle for a couple of years, if mm -hmm. that, you know, and they never really get off the ground. So what was your kind of schedule looking like and how were you getting your, your first deals? So, it, you know, and you, it would real estate any job. I mean, you treat it just like a normal career. You get up, you have a schedule, you get up and you're in the office at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. or whatever it might be. But you you go to the office, whether it's in, in your home or to your brokerage or if you have a different location, you get up and go. And you set your hours to like, OK, I'm going to spend the first couple hours of the day. Uh, between checking my emails, uh, going through phone calls, uh, obviously contacting customers, whether it be past customers, existing customers, future customers, uh, running through that. So usually that takes about probably say an hour on emails, uh, another two hours uh, after that on lead gen, some sort of uh, you know follow up tasks. Uh, so you spend at least the morning doing that piece of it, and then you talk about the afternoons. And evenings or afternoons, especially probably late mornings, early afternoons, you're probably looking for homes for anybody, anybody that you're actively working with. And you may do that in the morning and in the afternoon, sometimes just depending on how 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 active somebody is. And you want to be equally as active, equally as motivated to try and help that person find a home. So you're just constantly scouring, whether you're searching the MLS, searching uh, for sale by owners, contacting other people in specific neighborhoods to see if they want to sell their home, uh, you know, any number of different things. So you spend most of the afternoon, early afternoon doing that. And then probably most of your e afternoons, evenings and weekends are dedicated to meeting those customers that you're working with, to showing them properties, uh, showing them uh, different areas of town, just meeting with people to sit down and discuss what their goals are for real estate and what, what, their first steps will be whether it's to you know, get financing or you know figure out where their credit situation needs to be and working through them through that part of, part of it. So that's kind of general day. Real estate, of course, never quite stops. You're always, in a sense, working whether you're sitting on your phone looking at uh, properties or answering phone calls or texts or emails from people. So that's kind of like a general day. You know, your office probably early morning through. The afternoon time frame and then after that you're out and about hopefully meeting with customers and showing properties and writing offers yep and so two things really stuck out to me so one you got to be able to generate leads and two pretty much follow up with those leads and close on those leads and that's really the important thing about like a real estate agent i think a lot of people don't really do what's really important first and foremost you know a lot of times they spend like four hours trying to design like a business card something like that you know making <laughs> phone calls and you see that all the time mm -hmm. and so like when you were starting out, like how did you kind of generate leads? Um, like what was your methods for that? Well, the good thing of uh, being part of uh, part of a team is the fact that you know we have a little bit of a database already to work with, and that's why so many people coming into the real estate world do focus on trying to join a team because there's set processes already in place. Uh, you have some sort of a, 
uh, customer base that you can work with to start out. Uh, but again, when we first first got started, uh, you know, all it was was sit down and make phone calls. We we can generate lists and phone numbers and customers, uh, people, homeowners and things like that at any point. And then it's just a matter of sitting down and making those phone calls. We have scripts that we have both as a team as as a brokerage with Dell Williams having a lot of these uh, practices already in place. And we don't reinvent the wheel. We just say you sit down and make phone calls. Uh, so whether you focus on you know homes that have been just expired and the agent was able to sell them and now they're back uh, off it, you know, taken off the market and now you contact the seller and ask us if ask them if you know they still want to sell. So those are easy ones, or you contact the first sale by owners who are not quite getting the same amount of marketing or coverage that they typically will get and see if you can try and work with them to help sell their home or have them come list their home with us so that we can we can actually do a better job than they can on their own. And then it's kind of doing uh, kind of a little bit of extra networking, uh, calling your sphere, uh, you know, pull out your phone and call every single phone number that you have and ask them. It ha- do you know anybody that wants to buy, sell, or invest in real estate? And it's simple as that. So just picking up the phone and calling people. You got to trust mm-hmm. the process. <laughs> I think that 100%. Yes. And so, I mean, you're going to call 100 people and probably get two people that talk to you, but that's a success. You can call 100 people in an hour. It's not hard. Yep. And it's, it's really just a numbers game, just like you're talking yes. about. You call a certain number of people, you get a certain number of people to talk to you, and you're going to close a certain number of those people. And so mm-hmm. you just got to keep working through those numbers. And from what I've seen so far in the real estate industry, like before in the past, it seems more of like independent agents, but now, now people are like kind of going to the future. It's more about team based. And I think that's awesome because like you said, like when you start out on the team, you're going to get so much more knowledge. Like you said, you can get leads right off the bat. It's really going to help you out. So obviously like when a new agent does come in the industry, I truly believe they should be on a team just like you're talking about to get that good head start. Mm -hmm. Um, So if someone's a new agent coming to industry, like what should they what should they be looking for in a new team? Like what should they like what should that team be offering a new agent when they're being interviewed for those positions? Well, it's and it's a combination of uh, two things. I mean, it's you want to make sure that as a as an individual, you gel well with that team, with what they're looking to do, what their culture is, uh, the setups. Obviously, commission splits and things like that are also a factor. But at the end of the day, most people, if you do your job and you do it well, then you're going to make all the money that you want to make, whether it be a goal of 50000 or 200000 It really doesn't make a difference. But I think the cultural fit, both for the individual to make sure that you know they fit well with that team and the team does the same thing to make sure, like, hey, culturally, that person fits well with you. And that's really what our focus has always been. If the all the sales skills, all the knowledge, the abilities – can really be taught. Uh, motivation is probably something that is a little, little bit more uh, ingrained in somebody to where you know you either have it or you don't. But everything else can be taught. It's just a matter of can be can we be a good fit and would you be a good representative of of our team whenever you're out there showing property, meeting customers at events, things like that. Hundred percent. Yep. I love that. And I also love the whole personal development thing because you know as a real estate agent you are an entrepreneur and so personal development is going to come along with that. And so that's what I love about entrepreneurship. Like you're going to grow so much as an individual and like give it a couple of years. Like it's going to be amazing to see like what can happen if you actually just stick with it, you know, find a team, actually grow with that team and see what the future is going to have and hold for you. Yes. So that's super cool. And um, I kind of want to jump into the market a little bit. So obviously this market is super hot right now. If you're a seller, it's a great time to sell. People are buying like crazy. Obviously there's a shortage of houses. 
So do you see this changing anytime soon? I know the Fed just had a meeting and I think they're planning on changing interest rates like March-ish. So do you have anything on that? Oh, yes. I mean, uh, we, we've already seen it uh, in the last year or last six months or so, we've seen the, the interest rates increase. Uh, in fact, just yesterday we were sitting down with a lender and he mentioned that he felt the interest rates were going to be right about the 3.6 mark. And just a few months ago, we were under three. So we have seen that increase and we will continue to see that increase as we approach the uh, busier time of year, which is our late spring, early summer time frame. So we'll see that. And that's just because, I mean, no, no one can sustain interest rates for that long at under under three uh, percent. But it's still a phenomenal time uh, for anybody else that's uh, you know a generation ago. They were buying homes at 18 percent. So four percent is still pretty good. Hundred <laughs> percent. That's a good point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and and we were. I mean, we we've had five and six percent interest rates here the last just two or three years ago. And so we're we're still historically at a very good position to buy homes. Uh, really, the bigger challenge is, is the uh, appreciation of homes, especially in North Florida, where we are. We have seen continued rises uh, in year-over-year properties in the last you know three years, going into from. 19 to 20, 20 to 21, and of course, going into this year, we will continue to see a rise just because we're seeing so many more people move here to North Florida uh, because of its pricing, its value. It's, it's so much better in comparison to like maybe a California or uh, Washington State or New York. Florida is just much more affordable, and uh, especially North Florida. I mean, even if you look at our areas like Tampa, Orlando, or Miami, we're still probably the cheapest in, in the state. Uh, right. So, and we're still a big, large metro city with with Jacksonville having an international airport. You know, having sports teams here, it still makes a pretty big draw for people to come to this area. And we still have several uh, corporations that are headquartered here, which makes a huge difference. Uh, continued growth in uh, in the population as well as jobs here in the area is going to keep this area in a very good position. To where we won't, if there's any sort of a change in the market, we probably will feel it less here than we would in other parts of the country. Yeah. So I think we're we're definitely you know continue to rise, and then unless there's a global economic change, we we should be good for the next few years. Yeah. You guys are you guys in Texas are a very hot market. It seems like everyone's moving. Yes. For sure. Yes, Texas yeah. is phenomenal for for that. I mean, and it's a very similar type of area. Uh, when you look at the the economic uh, situations between both these states, and I think that's why we're continue to see growth in both of those areas. And, uh, and I think Phoenix is another one. Arizona has been phenomenal. So there's been a lot of great good cities here uh, in the Midwest and South that are that are definitely working uh, in favor of maybe some of the other states that are up north or out west. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So if you, anyone's looking to sell, like now is the time. Do it before the interest rates rise because mm-hmm. obviously the market is still super hot right now. Um, yes. And so before we run out of time, I have one more question for you. So kind of like looking at your future, like what are some of the big goals that you want to get accomplished in like the next year, next couple of years? Well, it's really, I mean, it's it's about growth of this team and uh, us as me personally to continue to expand and just develop uh, newer agents as they come into the industry. And especially some of our existing ones that are maybe a two, one or two years into their real estate career, helping them take that next level of being able to say, okay, hey, I've, I've I've sold 20 homes this year or 25 or 30 homes this year, but I want to continue to grow and develop. And that's really where 
uh, myself, Christina, Kelly, we've always been gro- very growth focused on just our team and how we can help them get better. Uh, Love that. You know, twofold, it helps us as a team, helps us grow, helps us financially as well. But at the same time, I mean, the the growth that we can see and the, the, the success is really a huge focus. So really for me, I would like to see where, where we can develop as a team and continue to be a strong leader to help grow those younger agents into more experienced agents and those experienced agents into uh, potentially leading and growing their own business themselves, uh, expanding from just just an individual to maybe having an assistant, uh, maybe having uh, a little bit more growth themselves to just say, okay, I I don't want to be just a real estate agent. I want to have my own little mini business within the Welch team side of it. Gotcha. I love that. That's super cool. And um, before we head off, is there anything else you would like to say? And if people reach out to you, how can they find you? Well, uh, yeah, we can, we're, we're easily available. Of course, just Google the Welch team uh, or welchteam.com, or you can reach us directly. Our phone number is 904-476-5539. That reaches out to all of our agents at any point. So if we can ever help somebody look to buy or sell or invest in this real estate world, that's what we're here to do. Awesome. All right, guys, there you have it. George Ponacoulom, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much.